The Introvert's Edge podcast was designed to create a dialogue around introversion, to stimulate a discussion around our disadvantages, how we overcome those disadvantages, and what we consider our introvert's edge. Together, we're finally going to confront the stigma around introversion, showing that we're not second-class citizens. We're just different, and we need to embrace that. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Introverts Edge podcast. And I'm ecstatic to welcome my next guest, Meredith Arthur, who is the Chief of Staff for Pinterest Division 220 and the author of Get Out of My Head, which I have to admit is an exciting book because for those people that, let's face it, we introverts tend to be overthinkers, uh, I'm sure this is going to be very, very relevant to you. So Meredith, welcome to the show. Matthew, so nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I um, have already enjoyed talking to you even before we hit record. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that. And I, I actually discovered your work because you and I were both featured on an article, uh, Next Big Idea, about books that are absolutely essential reads for introverts. And it's funny, when I, I reached out to you, I asked you if you were introverted or extroverted and you said you were extroverted and I made an exception and I've only ever done that once before for an introvert that talks on leadership because her husband's extro uh, introverted and I went, you know what, this topic's so relevant, uh, I want to bring you on anyway and then we had a conversation around what introversion is and for everyone listening that, ha that knows Meredith's work, I want to introduce a brand newly minted introvert because we've now uh, worked our way through exactly what it is. And, and, and you know, I'm really excited to, to share that. So I, I would love to get your, your impression because before, uh, before the interview, we had an open dialogue about it. And you, know, you said to me after, oh my God, maybe, the, maybe I am introverted. Wait, then. I think I am an introvert. Wait, <laughs> half an hour ago, I realized I actually am an introvert. <laughs> yeah, you, you were very compelling around. And I've always heard, do you get energy from being with people or being alone? And, and I always thought, well, I get a lot of energy from being around people. I like ideas. I like talking to people. But you pointed out something that others have not, which is, are you exhausted afterwards? And the truth is, I am exhausted afterwards. It's just how my energy goes. And so when you said that, I thought, I think he's got me. I'm an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. So I, I, I used to um, have an event in, in Austin, Texas called Small Business Festival. And Jim Cathcart is the most award-winning speaker in the world, an amazing friend of mine, most genuine person you'll ever meet. The difference was, though, he and I were involved in the event for three days. At the end, I wanted to put on a hoodie, watch Netflix, and let's be honest, cry a little bit. And he, on the other hand, wanted me to walk him around and introduce him to everybody in Austin and go down Rainy Street. I have never in my life had to ask somebody over 30 years older than me if I could please go home after at about midnight. I was exhausted. I had fun. I felt like everybody gave me energy, but I was just wiped by the end of the day. And I, I think that's such an important point because so many people believe that, you know, maybe they're not introverted anymore or they were introverted, but now they're extroverted. And I think you know, there's just been too many research studies, too many tests, too much complication. If we bring it down to where do you draw your energy from? And after doing a so-called extroverted arena focused activity, do you have more energy or less energy? And if it's less energy, you're definitely an introvert. So welcome to the club. 
Welcome. I'm happy to, I'm happy happy to, to join. Here. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're describing my life. I power up, I get excited, I'm with people, and then I, I have to, I'm literally wearing a hoodie right now and I'm putting it around. But this, this is a common sight at the house afterwards. So yes, I put the hoodie on and I get, I get very comfortable to restore. I'm so glad to hear that. And, you know, I remember in, you know, I've watched a couple of videos of yours and you talk about, you know, in just being able to name, because you talk about anxiety a lot and being able to talk about just having a name for that made so much sense. So maybe now it's going to be really interesting as we do this interview, because you'll be able to reflect on all the realizations about how anxiety and that realization made such a difference to your thinking. And now introversion and how that potentially affects your thinking. Because for me, knowing that I was introverted, being open and honest with people about it meant that I got less anxious about telling people that I wasn't able to go to that thing or I didn't want to catch up with dinner the night before I spoke at 7am, but I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with him for dinner the night after. But people are getting me to come and be engaging at 7am. You want me to be engaging? I can't go out the night before. So it'll be really interesting to see some of the decisions you've made and then what decisions you're now going to be able to make kind of moving forward. And this is why I love talking about this topic so much. Now, I listened to your story on a few videos, how, you know, you're growing up and, you know, your discovery and, and things like that. And I, I want you to share that story um, because as I was listening to it, it, it sounded like an introvert's journey to self-discovery yet you weren't using that word. And now we have that word, you know, great. But what I would love for you to do is, is share kind of your, your kind of up, up, upbringing you and, and kind of some of the, the struggles you had just so people can kind of get a bit of an understanding of the, the adversities you face. Because while I love to see introversion as a superpower, you know, a lot, of us, a lot of us feel like it's not possible for us. And I really like to help people see who we once were. Self-awareness is such an unusual thorny journey, isn't it? I mean, it takes so many different winding paths and alleyways. I grew up um, experiencing a lot of physical pain, um, nausea, migraines, lightheadedness, and I never knew why. I just assumed this is migraines, people get migraines, and that's what I have. And it, it really was a lifelong condition and it really wasn't until I was a week before turning 40 diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. The, the thing about that moment was I had no idea, even though I had gone to therapists, I had seen five different therapists, I had talked about everything that was happening in my life, but no one spotted, oh, this is a high functioning person who's experiencing anxiety, which is physical. And so that was just my huge revelation and turning point. I had always described myself as an overthinker. I had always found anxiety narratives and comedy very appealing. It always spoke to my innermost soul, but I never put together, hey, that's because this is what you experience. That's, that's, that's crazy. I, I think <laughs> that... It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like, I always say like, it was like somebody giving me the keys to my brain. Now, you've just given me another little set of keys to say like, hey, what about the introversion part? Like, was all of your sort of muscling through things or going out with a migraine or doing all this, was that part of muscling through being an introvert, which is super interesting too. 
Well, you know, there's that conversation about the chicken and the egg, right? So did the introversion cause the anxiety or did the, uh, the anxiety then cause you to be introspective? And I, I think that's an important point to make for those people that, that are listening because, you know, one of the things that's hard to believe is you can be extroverted and shy. Uh, and I, I think that a lot of people, be, it is a more complex topic, but being able to, as you put it, give yourself the keys to the castle to work out how you can utilize the understandings of your personality to arm you to be successful in life is the most important thing a person it's can everything. do. It's, it's because... everything. It's everything. It really Absolutely. is. Absolutely. So what, was, what do you think that it gave you? And I, I know we're talking, and let's talk about understanding of anxiety because I know that, well, introversion is very new, 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. 30 minutes in. So let's talk about it from the anxiety perspective for a moment. Let, let's, let's look at what learning about that, that in yourself meant to what, how you forgave yourself, um, to what you pushed yourself to do, and what, what it allowed you to change in your life for the better or the worse. My immediate feeling in reaction to this news was excitement and curiosity. And I know that not many people react to being told they have generalized anxiety disorder in that way, but that was what I felt. I was just, what does this mean? What is this? And I started to try to Google and nothing online was, was speaking in a way that made sense to me. So it I, always, it would say excessive worry. But I, I didn't feel I was worrying. I felt that I was problem solving. I was just actively getting after it. I was figuring things out. I wanted to figure everything out. And so by understanding, hey, this is a whole paradigm that other people talk about that is not how my brain is, but we have similar outcomes when the neurologist said to me, hey, the reason I knew this about you is because I work with people in Silicon Valley and I see this con every day. I see this every day. And I tell people every day and most of them won't listen to me. And I was just like, what? This is, I mean, those were real revelations for me. So having that information um, made me see the world differently. Almost like I had just been missing this basic information about my identity. Um, not to over identify with it, but just to say like, Hey, a lot of the root of my behavior has been in reaction to or around my co-pilot of anxiety. Yeah. I, th I, th I think it's really important to, to, to really take a moment to focus on that because I think what happened is from that level of understanding that you had, you forgave yourself for certain things, other things made sense. So you didn't beat yourself up about them. And then you perhaps looked at the way you behave in life differently. I know, I know for me, one of the things I always had trouble dealing with is, especially when I speak, a lot of times I'm going to a place where I've got a, a reader of my book that's reached out to me a thousand times or somebody that's a member of my online program. And a lot of times I feel like I need to catch up with that person while I'm in town or at least let them know or create like a hangout for, for everybody to come meet with me. And then I get anxious about that and I, I, get, I feel guilty about that. But then I, re, I have to remember that if I go and catch up with that group, I'm not going to be energized. 
And sometimes I'm, 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 I used to work on the plane and I say, any time away from my wife, I'm going to work hard because then I get to spend more time with my wife when I get home. But then I'd realize that I was building my anxiety because as an introvert, I needed downtime to replenish my energy. So if I was working the whole time around it and then catching up with people live, I wasn't as good on stage. And I also wasn't as good when I got home because I was mentally exhausted. So I think that a lot of people have felt like they were second-class citizens their whole life because they were introverted. And perhaps people who are listening who have anxiety maybe feel that too. And I think that we're in a world now where, firstly, it's not embarrassing to say you're an introvert. And it's, I definitely can outwardly say I've, I've had anxiety and I don't feel like it's uncomfortable to say that anymore. I feel like we're in this world now where if you educate people on your personality and what allows you to perform the best, then other people accept that and they also look after you. I know that a lot of times event planners will look after me for an hour before I speak and what I mean by that is they know that I'm over in the green room and I don't want somebody to come in and talk to me because I'm getting in my headspace. If I don't outwardly say I'm an introvert, they won't do that and then I'm not going to perform as well. Have you found the same? Are you Obviously, you're open talking about it. When did you start being comfortable talking about it? Yeah, and I what love did you this notice? Question. I really love this question because you mentioned it in the question, self-acceptance. What I realized, again, my reaction was curiosity and um, interest. And what I realized is I had to model that for others. That was not the reaction most people had when I started talking about anxiety, which was eight years ago. So I would I remember this really specific moment where I was at my daughter's school with my husband. We were in a parent's circle talking about mindfulness and we were asked to go around the room. This is right after my diagnosis and everyone was saying why they felt mindfulness was important. And it came to me and I said, well, I have generalized anxiety disorder and blah, blah, blah. And my husband's face just sort of like melted. Like, why? What are you doing? Why are you coming out with this in this way? And I always say like, well, you have to be gawky to get graceful. Like in the beginning, when I started talking about these things, I was pretty gawky about it. I didn't, I knew I was interested and excited to, to understand it, but most people hadn't really caught up with that kind of curiosity and excitement. And what I learned was it took time to model for them my self-acceptance that like this was really useful information for me to have and it had changed how I thought about things and it had allowed me to relinquish control. So in the past I might have said, okay, I have to power through. I'm going to give this talk. I have to be out in the front first and I have to, but once you have the self-acceptance and you understand, look, I can't control my energy. Like I can work with it. I can understand my energy patterns, but I'm not in charge <laughs> These, some of these things, like like when you have a migraine that just hits you, you didn't decide to have the migraine. But what you can understand is some of the factors that led into it. And you can start to work with it. And it really is that sort of give and the dance that goes with the self-acceptance and the understanding. So I just, I think that's such a core element to what you're saying. I think that's brilliant because, I mean, it's, it sounds like understanding it sharing it with others allows allowed you to grow but then also allowed for it not to become your identity but for you to shape your identity around its strengths and and also not Challenges. let the, the the struggles that create boundaries for yourself i think that yeah you're right yeah. that's that's the right word i 
So here's what's interesting, and this is very much an introversion thing. So uh, for, for those people that tend to overthink, um, which can lead to anxiety, I know. So introverts all around will go to a networking event, they'll do a sale, they'll speak from stage, and then they'll go home. And that's where, and they, they, sometimes they'll, especially without a strategy or a system, those things may, they may find tough, anxiety riddled and a struggle. However, when they go home, often that's when it gets worse, right? Because we then uh, reflect on what we have done wrong and how silly we looked or things like that. Now, I'm forever telling introverts that our power of reflection is positive if we look at it with a continuous improvement approach, right? So if we've got a system, what one thing can we fix? And that allows us to be hyper, hyper focused. However, uh, catastrophizing, thinking everyone thinks negative things, and that chatter can sometimes be debilitating for some. How does that affect people specifically with anxiety? And what are some of the, the tools that people can use to kind of overcome that negative behavior? I think that you're reading my mind right now. Because as you start your question, I'm like, well, this is what I want to talk about. And then you ask the question. So thank you. Um, anxiety for me, because it is so physical, when people say, how do you, how do you know you have anxiety? To me, it is these physical symptoms show me that I have anxiety. That's how I know what's happening. It's objective. It's clear, which is kind of what I, my overthinky brain needs. The self-acceptance, which I always come back to over and over after I give a talk, after I do almost anything, after I publish an article for, there is this laggy vulnerability hangover. Every single time, every single time I'm like, ugh, ugh, did I do that? Should I have done that? Ugh. Now I have gotten to the point now where I accept it. I just know it's going to happen every time, I'll, you know, after we get off, I'll be like, ugh, I, I'm sure I could have been more interesting, more specific, clearer, more engaging, but, but I no longer cognitively go through every detail of that. I now understand how to be more somatic, which is again, what I need because of the anxiety physical and either meditate or do a shake or do some breathing and accept and th that this wave of hormones is going to happen to me, that this is part of what anxiety is. Anxiety is a hormone wave, cortisol, adrenaline, all of these different movements in your body that you, the more you understand it, the more you can accept, like this is inevitable, this is gonna happen, and then it's gonna pass. And I've still achieved this thing, and I'm gonna go back and do it again, and I'll get better at it. So that's how I handle that. Yeah. Yeah, that's Very right. And, and just so just so you know, no, you couldn't have done better. And yes, you did deliver amazing <laughs> content. So you're welcome to take that to the bank tonight when you're when you're reflecting on this. So I think that what's what's really important about what you shared is the willingness to just let it be. I mean, everybody can always do better. Everybody can always be dynamic. You could have read a hundred more books before every interview and been so much more knowledgeable. And it doesn't matter at what point you are in life, that's always going to be true. So the thing that I, you know, I, I really think that you highlighted is you went into it, you did your best, which is always going to be exactly what you should do. And then afterwards, you just let it go. You, you freed yourself from the toll of asking those questions that don't aid in your growth. They don't aid in anything. So I, I think that's a really powerful point. 
I, I feel like I could interview you for 12 hours, but <laughs> by the way, everybody that um, doesn't know the Quietly Influential Summit is, uh, is starting shortly. Uh, make sure you go to the Quietly Influential Summit because Meredith's going to be on that as well. And we're going to go deeper into some of these topics. We're going to potentially talk about triggers, coping, um, ways, of, ways of coping and some, some actual strategies. So we do this during National Introverts Week every year, which is the third week of March. So make sure that you go to the Quietly Influential Summit and register for that Mm -hmm. uh, because not only will you get to experience Meredith's great content, you'll see a bunch of other titan introverts. And, you know, for those people that have never heard that term before, these are titans of industry that just so happen to be introverted. But there's also some great introverted coaches as well that will be sharing uh, at that event. So make sure you go and register and you'll be able to hear the the next piece, which we're really going to deep dive into. But I have to... I have to finish this interview, but I always finish with a question that is so profoundly important to me. And it's funny because we were talking about this offline about uh, the introvert's edge and why I believe that introverts have an edge and why those people that didn't have everything naturally given to them often find their way to excel in, in in a world that perhaps wasn't built for them. And as long as you don't see it as a disadvantage and give in to the victimization that that can cause. So the question that I always ask every guest at the end, and this is a fun one with, with you because you just discovered that you're introverted. So <laughs> I'm going to frame it differently. What would you consider being your introversion, perhaps perceived as uh, anxiety, edge? I love that question. Let's see. What is the edge that I get well, I would say at this stage in my life, it's, it's, and this is a theme through what we talked about, it's self-acceptance and letting myself off the hook. Now, it took a lot to get there, and it was sort of a forcing function, but I think it's almost like having an addiction that forces someone to let go of control and say, I can't be in control. That's what happened to me. I can't be in control. I've accepted that. And that is a very powerful acceptance that has freed me in so many ways. So I have to assume that it is a combination of my newfound introversion, my energy balance, my understanding of energy balance, and um, self-acceptance of anxiety that's gotten me to that. I think that's a powerful message for people. And if I, if I can suggest another one that I discovered prior to our interview... Uh, which I think is it was really powerful, is you almost have an internal meter about whether or not you're moving towards what is important to you or not because your anxiety levels increase That's as right. you're moving away from what you truly want in life. And I, I mean, that is a superpower that I've always held um, in of a huge value because for me, I always found that it didn't matter how much money I made, if I wasn't going after my mission in life, which is empowering introverts, I felt uncomfortable. I felt anxious. And if I, if I did things for the money as opposed to the mission, it felt the same way. So whenever, whenever I moved away from what was truly important to me, I felt anxious. And I've never had somebody articulate it to me before I, I said it, shared it with them that you felt the same way. And I think that is, is hugely valuable. Yeah, there is an inevitability that comes from tuning in. There is an inevitability of the decisions you make. And I think that's put very well, Matthew. And we, maybe in the, the next interview, we might talk about the ability to be able to sit in that because there's a difference between anxiety um, caused by moving away from what's truly important, actually anxiety through life, and then anxiety 
in just the occasional events because all three of those are different and all of them require different strategies. And I think that would be knowing what they are and then the triggers around that would be really powerful. But we're, we're out of time for this interview, so I can't wait for the Quietly Influential Summit. Meredith, for those people that you know are in the car and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to check out this person's book. I want to you know delve deeper because I am such an overthinker. Or for those people that even have anxiety, where do people find out more about you? Beautiful Voyager is the site that I started for overthinkers, people pleasers, and perfectionists. It's bevoya.com. You'll see my book there. You'll see my podcast. So you'll see all sorts of stuff at bevoya.com. Perfect. And for those people that just want to go straight to Amazon and pick up her book, which I would absolutely recommend, make sure that you check it out. It is called Get Out of My Head. And I think you'll have a blast uh, reading it. And you might find yourself in many of many of the chapters. But for today, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, If you want to check out the show notes, go to theintrovertsedge.com forward slash Meredith, and you'll be able to see some of the the links to the the books and all the things we've talked about. Uh, But for today, thank you so much for joining us, and I look forward to seeing you at the Quietly Influential Summit. Cheers, everyone. I'm Matthew Pollard, the author of The Introvert's Edge to Networking. I'm on a mission to help introverts to be proud of who we are. For the first time, you'll learn a process for networking that feels comfortable and authentic to you as an introvert. A process that doesn't feel salesy or awkward in any way. I saw at least half of my board members, three in particular that I can think of, that now are so comfortable in literally going up to people at events. All of a sudden, I can see the confidence. Most of the networking books and literature out there really focus on hardcore tactics designed for extroverts. As introverts, we're different and we need to embrace that. We need a system that allows us to channel our natural introverted strengths into the networking room. You will learn how to be successful at face-to-face networking and a masterful online networker on your terms. It's beautifully written and it provides tremendous value. So I I am honored to, to say Folks, if you haven't looked at the book, you really need to check out this guy's book. It's, it's excellent. It gives you that confidence to truly be yourself, knowing that you're going to be presenting yourself in a way that is authentic and will also really resonate with the person that you're talking with. One of the things you'll love about the Introvert's Edge to Networking is it's jam-packed full of more than 20 stories of introverts just like you. People that have likely started in much tougher spots than where you are right now and how they've leveraged the strategies that you'll be learning to obtain phenomenal career and small business success. I was about to give up on my business. The results started coming in right away. In fact, a year later, the Chamber of Commerce awarded me the business of the year. (laughs) You need to go read his book because everything he does is what people need, whether they're an introvert or not. I've been fortunate to receive endorsements from some exceptional introverts like Neil Patel and Ivan Meisner, the founder of the world's largest networking group, BNI. What I love about the Introvert's Edge is that it talks about the things that make an introvert successful. The Introvert's Edge to Networking is going to destroy all of the barriers that you have around whether success in networking is possible for you. Now I'm up to kind of five figures, you know, triple my prices or more. It was like the deals just kept coming in and coming in and I mean, it was incredible. Like I had never seen anything like it before. 
I was able to triple my revenue and that happened within six months. We've gone from 10 million a year to 20 million a year. I wrote The Introvert's Edge to networking after the success of the first in the Introvert's Edge series, which focused on sales. I decided that it was just as important, perhaps even more so, that we had a networking book that was designed to help us as introverts dominate in the networking room and in online networking that was specifically written for us. So if you're an introvert, don't delay. Head to theintrovertsedge.com forward slash networking to get access to the first chapter of my new book completely for free today.